You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunder Pod. Email the show, L-O Thunder Pod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 0-5-3-6-2-7-1-2-8. On today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order. On today's show, we're going to talk about the NBA, talk about the Thunder. I'm recording this before the Pelicans game, so if anything crazy happens in that game, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that today. When I was given this podcast in May, I had a lot of different goals for the show. Some of them we've already accomplished, and some of them are still out there. And, and my biggest goal was to be transparent and build relationships and try to get as much involvement from the listeners at as possible and make this kind of more of a community than me talking to you. And to do that, I have to be completely honest with you right now. You know, we kept the show Monday through Friday in the pandemic and we, and we kept it through the bubble and through the off season that way. And, and I can't think of a time where we've missed a show Monday through Friday. That's been a big focus point for me as well as making sure that this is a consistent show uh, that you can depend on Monday through Friday. I'm going to try my best to make sure that that's still the case. But in case it's not, I want you to know that if you don't see a podcast one day, it's because my mother has cancer for the third time. And this time it certainly does not look good. I'm going to try my best to make sure that you have a podcast every day. But if something happens, I didn't want you to be left in the dark. Because there's a lot of people out there that take a lot of time out of their day to listen to me every day. And I wanted to, I think I owed it to you guys to make sure you knew what was happening. I do take a lot of pride in everyone who's who's taking the time to listen. I try to message everybody back and mention everybody back, and, and I just felt the need to, to make sure that everyone's on the same page here. But again, we're going to try to not miss any shows. We're going to try to uh, just continue to go, but there's always that chance that something comes up. So let's get into the show. Uh, let's just talk about the NBA, talk about the Thunder. Again, this is before the Pelicans game, so you know, Gabriel Deck's making his debut today. If I, I don't really... Uh, I can't talk about that. I haven't seen it yet, but he is making his debut today against the Pelicans. Um, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the play-in tournament, and, and there's been a lot of discussion from a lot of different people about if it's good or bad for the sport. You know, I, I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport. I think that it's making teams relevant that otherwise wouldn't be. It's making teams be competitive and, and try to win games that otherwise wouldn't be trying to, to win games. I mean, you, you look at... You, you look at Toronto right now, in a normal season, they'd have no incentive not to try to tank just outright. Same thing with Chicago. Same thing with New Orleans, Washington. Those teams are really only still competing because of the play-in. And it just creates basically four more teams, or two more teams, you know, the 9-10 and eight, the nine and ten seed. As well as the next two teams chasing those teams, you know, again, Washington's still chasing them, New Orleans is chasing them, Toronto, Chicago. And I think that the more teams that you can get invested and interested in the season is good, and it creates 
excitement and buzz for the individual fan bases, you know, in Washington, for example. But also, uh, I'm rooting for Washington. I want Washington to uh, go get a play-in spot. I want them to play Brooklyn in the first round, and I want it to be Russell Westbrook against Kevin Durant in the playoffs like we've always wanted since 2016. Well, I'm rooting for something in this as well, and it just creates more excitement around the sport itself. I think it creates conversation, and I think that it's a good tool to use for, say, a team like Memphis last year that got there. They were young. They got a, a form of playoff experience, and, of course, the playoff experience label will get put even more so on this year and especially next year as you get more full crowds and you get um, crowds in general and you're able to play in front of a real playoff atmosphere, not in a bubble. But a team like Memphis last year, they got to go up against Damian Lillard and the, and the Portland Trailblazers in a playoff setting while being 20-something years old and while being rookies and, and two-year guys. I mean, that is very impressive. That is very um, so That's something that you can really tangibly say helps your development. For example, next year with the Thunder, I, I think that you should roll the ball out there with the Thunder and whatever roster you make is the roster you, you keep and you let them play. You let SGA play, you let Lou Dort play, everything else. And if they're good enough to be in the play-in, that's great because it creates that playoff atmosphere. It creates that kind of first step into the playoff world and maybe you go on a run and go to the actual playoffs. If you don't and you're really bad, that's also fine and you have a reward there as well. I think that it just rewards each end of the spectrum and allows teams to do that because if the playoff tournament was not there next year, why would the Thunder try to win? Because they probably can't be a top eight team next year. Maybe they can, but they probably can't be an absolute top eight team solidified. They'd probably be like a, if they tried their hardest, they'd probably be about a, you know, a 9, 10, 11th type of team. That's where this playing tournament really impacts them, to where it really allows them to continue to uh, try to go for it and, and give them the alternative of tanking to try to go to the play-in. So like, there's just a lot of things I think the plan can do for the NBA in a multitude of ways that is good for the sport. My only thing is that the only thing I would change about it is the seven and 10 seeds. You know, if a team is six games up on the 10th seed, what are we doing? Like, like that's clearly the better team. And you don't want the, you don't want to run the risk that that seventh seed could have a bad couple of nights and, and fall out of the playoffs. And we're seeing teams like Dallas, who's going to be in that range of the seventh seed. Uh, whenever the dust settles, maybe they're going to be the six, maybe they're going to be seven. Uh, but we're seeing a team like Dallas that can lose any given night to teams like Detroit and to teams like Houston. I mean, they've, they've had some bad losses to where Dallas is clearly the better team, uh, but on any given night, they can have a couple bad games. And I mean, most teams have these kind of injury-like players as as Christos Porzingis is, to where you want to add two more games for Christos Porzingis to just prove that he's you know, that his team is better than the Spurs. You'd rather that than have KP and Luka play a full spread-out postseason against the Clippers. I'd rather have the Clippers thing in that scenario. I think it needs to go back to more like the bubble where, you know, you have to be a certain amount of games within the next the next tier to be able to qualify for it. But let me know your thoughts on the play-in. I, I really enjoy it. I think it's just creating more meaningful games down the stretch because how often do we get to this point in the season? We're just like, okay, let's just, let's just skip ahead. Let's, what are we doing here playing a, a Thunder Pelicans game tonight? Well, the Pelicans... Have a, have a great chance of getting in that play-in. I mean, not great chance, but they still have a fighting chance to get into that play-in to where this game does matter for New Orleans in, a, in a, another season. It wouldn't really matter for New Orleans either. So it just creates more of those games that matter. Golden State, Minnesota. Minnesota's not laying down. They're not, for whatever reason, going full into the tank and go check out Locked on Wolves for that because I can't understand it for the life of me of why they're not just full-out tanking. But they play Golden State tonight. Golden State's trying to be a play-in team. Minnesota's not outright tanking. That, that creates another 
interesting matchup on, on April 29th that we normally wouldn't really have. Coming up, I want to get into my big board for the NBA draft. Just give you the top five, top 10 guys that I look at in the NBA draft. And then also, I want to do Stock Watch for Stock Watch Friday. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has a ton of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as its first leg of the Triple Crown begins on this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all of your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up today for sign-up bonuses and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. So head over to the website or even use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code locked on. That's our promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportbook experts. So we are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now uh, about our big board. So obviously, we're not going to have enough time to do a one through 60 big board, but I wanted to just give a couple couple names, right, to, to kind of let you know where I'm feeling at the top of the draft. And and we'll do this many a times, and this is not even really an official big board podcast, but just to give you a top five, top ten list. So we had Richard Stateman on yesterday, and he talked about how his top, his big board's kind of different, and he has James Boone Knight in the top five, and he doesn't really like Jalen Green. That's where we differ a little bit. I really love Jalen Green's game. I, I think that Jalen Green it was probably my third prospect on the board. I, you know, for me, I go Cade Cunningham as a clear number one, like I said, as a very distant number one even. And then Evan Mobley's number two. You know my hesitations about drafting big men if you've listened to the show before, but it feels different with Evan Mobley. And maybe that's the that's maybe that's the famous last words. It feels different. That's what everyone pretty much says, right? Whenever whenever they've experienced bad things before and then they go back to it, it feels different with Evan Mobley as a center. But we'll see. Uh, but he is going to be my number two, just from what we've seen in college from him. Uh, so Cade, Evan Mobley. And then from here, you're kind of juggling the names of you know, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes, James McKnight for uh, for Richard. For me, I, I just, when you're looking at all these names, I know that Jalen Suggs got to play at Gonzaga and, and had that run in the tournament and got the bank, and got the bank shot to win it. I like Jalen Green's game. I like Jalen Green as better than Jalen Suggs, and I have him at three. Now, to clarify, this is not the same thing as what we said before about Cade. So Cade and Evan, they are a distant one and two. Jalen Green and Jalen uh, Suggs, they're a very close three-four. So I, I have I have Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs at three-four. I just personally think that there's so much upside and potential with Jalen Green, and he has just that NBA mindset. He has those intangibles. I think his shot can come a long way at the NBA game. And I think that his shot has come a long way from the start of the Ignite season to the end of the Ignite season. I think that he's a good driver. And Richard pointed out yesterday how his defense kind of suffered a bit. And I, I think that he has the frame to be a good defender. I think that he has the the height and he and he can fill out his body to become a good defender. The question is how long will it take him to fill out his body? And defense is mostly about just the effort and about the want to. And Jalen Green wants to be great. And, and if he really wants to be great, and he says, all, he says all the right things about wanting to be great, if that's the case, he'll have to want to be great defensively. And so I think that the defense can really make or break Jalen Green uh, because he's not going to have that shot right away. 
He's going to have good driving ability, good playmaking ability right away. Uh, but if you're not going to have the shot right away and you don't have the defense right away, that's two very glaring negatives uh, to his game right away to where it can really hurt his impact in the first couple of seasons. I think that if he wants to put his mind to it, though, defensively, that can really change his trajectory of his career. He's 19 years old. Kaminga's 18 years old. Suggs is 19 years old. You know, they're all in that same range of age. So, like, the age is not there necessarily. But, again, I have Jalen Suggs at four. You know, I, I can see the argument for Suggs at three for sure. You know, again, this is a very close margin of error uh, for Green and Suggs to me. I just personally like Green's game a lot more. Um, I, I don't begrudge anyone, though, who has Suggs at three. And you know, even if you want to have one of these two guards at two, Green or Suggs, and particularly Suggs, I wouldn't really question it that much because I think that they just play a more valuable position that, that can truly impact the team more. And of course, a lot of that will have to do with who's picking at those spots. But my number five is between a lot of different players, but ultimately I've decided to go the more traditional route, so to say, and I'm going to go with Jonathan Kaminga because I think that Jonathan Kaminga, while he doesn't have the shot yet, I've said this before, his shot is not broken. Like his shot is not god-awful to where you just don't even know how he develops such a poor shooting motion. Like his shot form is nice and it can progress into something more, but he also impacts the game in a multitude of ways. He has the NBA size and the NBA body to truly make a defensive impact from day one and truly hang with NBA level athletes right now. He has that kind of body. He has that kind of ability to get to the rim and to score at the rim. And I just feel like you shouldn't try to outsmart this one. I think that Kaminga has shown to be an NBA level athlete. When you watch him in the bubble, in the G League bubble, he's shown to be that kind of athlete. He's shown to do it against competition that is relative to the NBA. I mean, how many of these Thunder players are from the from the G League? Like, there's been um, a, a talent gap that these players have to deal with, Kaminga and Green, that the college players are not really have to deal with. I think that Kaminga's numbers could have been massive if he played in college. I think that who's going to stop a guy that's 6'8", 210 right now at, at the college ranks? Not many people are going to do that in college where his numbers and his highlights could have been a lot better, maybe. Uh, but his experience and his... Coaching was a lot better with Coach Shaw and with the bubble. And then the, the fun to me really begins at six because I think that when the dust settles, this is going to be the typical big board of just Cade, Evan, Jalen, Jalen, Jonathan. Like that's going to be that in some order. I think that that's going to be pretty much everyone's top five. And the fun begins at six because I'm not sure what to do here. The only person I'm all out on is Corey Kispert. And Corey Kispert plays a role in this draft because he is... Um, he does have a tangible trait that will be electric at day one. Like day one, he'll knock down shots. He'll be a difference maker from beyond the arc. But that's kind of the limit of his game. And he's 22 years old. He doesn't have much upside. And he's only going to be that kind of three-point shooter. So where if it seemed like Toronto can't make the play and they fall to nine or ten in the draft, that's a great pickup for them. But for a team like Oklahoma City, who's still in that rebuilding phase and wants to kind of revamp their roster, it doesn't really move the needle for you uh, with, with Corey Kisper. So he's bumped down heavily on my big board. But then what do you do with a guy like Jalen Johnson versus Scotty Barnes or a guy like Keon Johnson? Ultimately, I would go with Scotty Barnes at six and then Jalen Johnson at seven. And then at eight, I'd have Keon Johnson at eight because I think that Keon Johnson can really make a difference in the NBA and, and can be that next wave, right? So, so we always classify the one through five guys, Jalen, Jalen, Cade, Evan, Jonathan, as franchise-changing talents, as talents that can immediately impact the franchise that could be a number one option, that could be a part of this amazing core. I think that if there's another player like that in this draft, if there's going to be a surprise player beyond five, that kind of Donovan Mitchell type where you pick him up later than the top five and all of a sudden he's the face of your franchise and he's um, a, a great player that's leading you to the number one overall seed and we'll see how far Utah can get with him. 
I think it's going to be Keon Johnson. I think that Keon Johnson has that it factor. At 19 years old, he put up 16 points per game, five rebounds per game, 3.5 assists per game. He had a steal per game. He's a good defender. Again, in college, it's easier to be a good defender than the NBA ranks because you're, you're playing more zones and you're able to play the passing lanes more. And just if you're an athlete of the ilk of Keon Johnson, you can afford to make mistakes you can't afford to make in, college, in uh, NBA. So like in college, an athlete like Keon Johnson, he can over-pursue the ball and have little to no consequences because he has he has such an ability to recover. You can't He won't really get away with that in the NBA, so to say. At least you don't think that right now, um, unless his athleticism proves to translate. I think that Keon Johnson is the the highest upside. And so if you land beyond top five, especially for this Thunder team, you want upside. And so Scotty Barnes, Jalen Johnson, and then and then Keon Johnson, that's your upside play. That's your swing. And that's a swing that could end up with him just being a nice little rotational player, but it could end up with him being a star and him being a multiple-time all-star, him being the reason why you win a lot of games, the reason why you go to the championship one day. Like, he can be that kind of difference maker. And so a three-guard lineup of SGA, Lou Dort, Keon Johnson, and then defensively you kind of put SGA at the three and put Lou Dort at the two and Keon at the one. And, of course, defensively it'll be a lot of just simple matchups, right? So it doesn't really define that way, so to say. But you do have the length of SGA to play the three. You do have the defensive prowess of Lou Dort to guard anybody, including LeBron James. And then you do have Keon Johnson, who can be a very scrappy defender, and you can kind of put him on the third option or the second option even at times. He's going to be that kind of defender for you where he's not a liability, but he's not Lou Dort. He's somewhere in between those two extremes. And the offensive upside is is just off the charts for Keon Johnson. And he was sharing the floor at Tennessee with Jaden Springer, another another ball handler, to where those assist numbers are very good. 3.5 assists in, in college is a really good mark. And then putting into context that he was also sharing the floor with a guy like Jaden Springer, who is a playmaker, who himself averaged 4.1 assists per game. That's really impressive because, number one, you can't control if a teammate shot goes in or not. So you can do everything right on a play, and you can still not get awarded an assist. That's why Kate Cunningham has 3.5 assists uh, in college, and he was the best playmaker and best passer we've ever seen. But to be splitting touches, so to say, splitting touches of, of being that lead ball handler with another player, a player that is NBA caliber and lottery caliber in Jalen Springer, it's very impressive to still be able to facilitate an offense that way and then to play off of somebody. And guess what? Who likes to play off people is, is SGA. SGA loves to do that, where he's playing the point guard for maybe 40 minutes, and then the last eight minutes he's playing shooting guard and playing off of somebody else and, and being able to work off ball where he's very effective at. At number nine right here, I would go James Bugnight. I love James Bugnight as an offensive player and as just a, a score. You can go listen to yesterday's podcast with Richard Stamen where he's talking all about Bugnight and he's in his top five. Richard, the draft expert, host of Longton NBA Draft, has Bugnight in his top five. So go back and listen to his words on, on James and not mine. Uh, but he's... He's my number nine. And then number 10, I have Moses Moody. I think that Moses Moody, again, is that swing and miss pick, right? You swing for the fences. You hope that it hits and connects and it goes for a home run. And if it doesn't, I feel pretty confident that he'll be a, a starting level player in the NBA. That's kind of my grade for him as a floor. My grade is a starting player. And then the ceiling is, he could be a couple-time all-star and could be a true difference maker for you. And to get that at pick 10 would be great. It would be, it'd be truly great. And that's what's so interesting about this draft is that there's five can't-miss guys, I think. I think that you cannot miss on Kaminga, Green, Cunningham, Mobley, Suggs. Those guys will all contribute in a big way as a one or a two or a three option on a championship team, for sure. I don't have any doubt in my mind, really, that those guys can do that. 
And then you have some more guys on the peripherals that could, that could do it, that, that could have that upside and the potential. And then, of course, could go the opposite way as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. But that's my top 10 list. We'll do more of these big boards and a more complete big board and dedicate an entire podcast to big boards in the future. But I just want to give a quick 20-minute segment, I should say 10-minute segment, on on this uh, on this topic. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Try them out today. They're a great for the conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. They have six brand new flavors, Kimo, Brownie, Cooks and Cream, Cherry, Barcia, Lemon, Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. So go try them today at BuiltBar.com. Whenever you go to BuiltBar.com, try their promo code LOCKED15, and at LOCKED15 is the promo code, you'll get 15% off. And my personal favorite is the Cookies and Cream Built Bar, and that Built Bar has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams net carb. It is incredible. You're going to want to try it out. Cookies and Cream, BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. And again, folks, that's your next order, not your first order. So if you've used this before and you've used Locked On 15 before, keep on using it. Keep on getting more Built Bars at a discounted price. Lock 15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Try it out today. We are back on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Let's end the week with a Friday edition of Stock Watch. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. So we're going to have three items on the table that we always do. We're going to buy and sell stock into NBA topics, NBA players, uh, and all the different things. The first item on the table is Gabriel Deck. And it's interesting to do this before he's even played an NBA game. Remember, this is being recorded uh, before the game tonight against New Orleans, where he's going to make his NBA debut. Uh, but I'm buying stock in Gabriel Deck. There's just been way too much talk about him. I mean, from the international sources uh, telling us how great he is, and from even the Thunder telling us how excited they are to get him in here and, and talking about him all the time. There's just a lot of smoke around this to where it doesn't feel as though this is kind of a, a fluke thing. It doesn't feel as though this is kind of a shot in the dark. It feels like they've done a lot of prep and a lot of uh, research on how good this guy can be in the NBA and that they think that this can really pan out for them. So I think that this is going to be a really good addition. I'm buying stock in Gabriel Deck. I'm buying what they're selling me on Gabriel Deck being a, a really talented player for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let me know what you're going to do with Gabriel Deck's stock. Are you going to buy it? Are you going to sell it? You have the privilege of watching his first NBA game, to be fair. So if you if you disagree with me, uh, then just remember that. Uh, but I also want to put out here this question. Buy or sell, and I want your feedback on this one. Buy or sell that the Western Conference champion that goes to the NBA Finals will not be from L.A. So it could be Utah. It could be Phoenix. Dallas making a surprise run, Denver making a surprise run. If I gave you right now, you could have either the Lakers and Clippers, or you can have Utah and Phoenix. Who's that team that you're, who are those teams that you're more confident in? So for me, I'm selling this because I just find it hard to believe that LeBron James won't get back and won't be healthy. And I just find it hard to believe that anyone but the Lakers can make it to the Western Conference Finals and win the Western Conference Finals. But Utah's been great all year long. Phoenix has been great all year long. 
Like, I, it's just a mental block, I think, for people of like not believing in these teams because we haven't seen it yet. But whenever you have seen it, it's too late. It's like the, it's like what we do with LeBron. Like we, with LeBron, he could never win the big one until he did. And then all of a sudden, he can win the big one. Like we were going to do the same thing with Utah. They, they can never win the big one until they do. And Phoenix, same way. And if not this year, then when? Especially if, if Utah has Donovan Mitchell fully healthy. I know he's doing that ankle injury right now. Uh, but if they can get by Memphis and, and get him even some more time uh, of not being the sole focus of the team, right? I think he'll play in the first round. I think he'll play uh, pretty soon. Uh, but just taking some of that pressure off him to play would be big. But ultimately, you have to side with LeBron James. We've seen it with him so many times that I think that he'll come back and he'll make that run. And, and he'll knock off Utah in the second round and he'll go to the Western Conference Finals and then he'll beat Phoenix. And all of a sudden, he's back in the NBA Finals. And then the last topic of the day is buy or sell the Washington Wizards making the play-in. I'm buying the Washington Wizards making the play-in. Right now, they're 10, but they're, of course, tied with like Chicago and Toronto and the standings are really wacky and weird. I think ultimately Washington will make the play in, and I think that they're going to survive the play in. I think they're going to advance the two games, and they're going to be able to play in the actual playoffs. That they're just a a team uh, that can be built for that scenario. And Russell Westbrook's playing very well this last month, and he's really helping out even in the clutch moments. So it's been fun watching him go on a tear recently with Washington. They've won nine of their last ten games. I think that Washington will get it done. This is Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Follow along anywhere you get your podcasts from. We'll see you again on Monday. Until then, be good and be good to one another.